Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm. Uh, we were supposed to talk to Carl Durrell, Brendan Rice, and Makai Blackman today, but um, Brendan is dealing with a bit of a lingering injury, and the schedule is made like before camp. We'll get into what's up with Brendan. Doesn't seem all that serious, but it's not like good news by any means. Uh, he was replaced, though, by Ashad Clayton. And I, I met Ashad when he was visiting Colorado. I think he was up here for the Stanford game in 2019. Uh, met him, met his mom. Um, and, you know, we've had like a couple interactions on Twitter since then. When I talked to him today, just I, I can't believe how impressed I am. Um, just such a smart guy. I'm excited to go through what he had to say. Um, I think we're actually going to start with that. Um, so much good stuff. So much good stuff. Um, real quick, though, the Colorado XOs. So the Colorado XOs are a rugby team in Glendale, Colorado. They train at the same facility as the U.S. national teams. And the idea is to take athletes from other sports, teach them how to play rugby, go play a bunch of games at the Raptors, and ideally get them onto the U.S. national team. Um, it's cool stuff. They're currently 3-1 and one in their first season. If you want to follow along, you can go to the DMVR Rugby podcast, the DMVR Rugby Twitter account, um, or you can read the written content at thedmvr.com. Okay, um, like I said, we'll get back to Carl, but just because Ashad just finished this call, I've got a lot of thoughts. And first of all, like I, I don't think I've had notes this long on uh, a like Zoom call with a player, maybe ever, like since we started doing this. And the reason why, uh, his, he gives long answers and he's very well spoken. Um, so much good stuff. And let's just start at the top. Um, first question was, you know, what was last year like being on the bench, all that kind of stuff, and. He was very, very, very open. Um, he said that it was humbling. Um, he said that it was hard to transition from being the top guy uh, to starting from square one. Um, he said that it was a challenge to learn the playbook, um, but at this point he has it down. Uh, he said he worked hard. He feels like he's gotten a lot better. Um, he said, you know, I got discouraged at times, um, but I trusted God and I got through he got into some of the details of what was so difficult. Um, and actually Carl Durrell did too, when he talked about a shot. And I think, you know, the, the question from, uh, I think it was Brian Howell about a shot just because we knew we were going to be talking to a shot. So you want to, you want to hear what Carl has to say about him. And 
the question was, you know, what can Ashad contribute? Something like that. And Carl took it to a pretty deep place. Um, saying, you know, it was, it's really hard for him to go through what he went through. It was a learning period. Um, you know, he made the transition, he made some positive plays, but then he kind of got into the specifics and he said, you know, his mom came up for the Utah game and, you know, COVID causes a lot of different pressures for a lot of different families. And when Ashad's family got to Boulder, uh, from Louisiana, from New Orleans, where Ashad is from, they really were shocked by how how seriously people up here were taking it, really, the coronavirus. Um, and that it kind of threw them off and made them realize, you know, what the disease is. And, you know, in Carl's words, she wanted her boy home. And, you know, it, it was very obviously some tough stuff. And, you know, from there, Carl said... Uh, he went home over break and he's ready to go now. He's obviously grown quite a bit. Um, even from the fall, he's very comfortable with this kind of being his life, being with these coaches every day, with these players every day, being in Boulder every day. And then Carl ended it by saying he was very pleased with what he was doing. Flash forward to what a shot had to say. And again, like I didn't expect Carl to take it to that deep of a level. Same thing with a shot. Cause, cause he, he talked about it and he said, you know, He's, he's had a lot of personal things going on at the time. You know, he, he lived with his mother and his grandmother and he said, you know, it was just us three. And that was my life. Um, being away from them every single day was hard. And then that's why he opted out of the bowl game because he had to get home. He had to see his family and he said that it was really good for him. And that he like reminded him where he came from and why he's doing all the things that he's doing. And he said, you know, if Graham says, I want you to stay then I can't disrespect Grams. At the end of the day, um, you know, and you can tell that it is really hard. And he talked about just how hard that is, you know, having the different food, being away from the family. You know, he, he said stuff like Darian Hagan, the, the running backs coach, obviously like better known for being a CU legend. Um, he said, you know, he's like a father to me. I didn't have like a father figure. Um, and, he said, you know, now I can call him. And then Darian comes from a similar background. And he said, Darian used to like remind me of that. Now I remind him of that. Um, he says, I can call him and whenever I need to middle of the night and say, I need a ride and he'll come get me. Every time he talks, he gives me knowledge. And again, you could tell that the relationship just means a lot to him. Um, he also said, you know, he has to realize what Boulder is. And he said, you know, it's, it's way better here. Um, I was kind of lost at first, um, but he said, it's not dangerous in Boulder. And obviously he, he said, you know, th what happened a couple weeks ago happened, but in general, it isn't dangerous here. This is my getaway spot. I'm getting away from New Orleans and all of that kind of stuff. And he said, you know, I've just realized you, you work your tail off. And again, it was... I was not prepared uh, for the roads we were going down, but you know, that is where he was and what he's been through. And again, just very, very impressed with the way he handled himself. Just so well-spoken, so, so many interesting things to say, honestly. Um, and that really was the big story is, you know, we can sit here and say, yeah, it's hard to, to be a freshman 
to to change to go from Louisiana to Colorado and all that kind of stuff and it doesn't really sink in until Ashad tells the story in his own words saying you know this is my getaway spot it isn't dangerous here um it's hard not living with my mother and grandmother it was always just us three um that's that's challenging stuff and it's just really cool to see that he's made it this far that he's decided to to stick it out because like he said there were some very low points and i think that obviously not playing as much as he would have liked contributed to those low points um I don't know. When you get the full story, there's just a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, moving on. Uh, we talked about Jarek. Um, and he said, you know, I had a knee injury, but coming off of two, like, I can't even imagine that. Um, he talked about how, you know, I think he said he probably could have been a, a thousand yard rusher last year in a full season. It's like, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but he also said uh, one thing that people don't, realize is that Jarek is originally from new orleans and he moved to dallas his family moved to dallas um after katrina and so they have uh you know some similar history uh similar background and he said you know when when i was on my recruiting visit and throughout that whole process really Jarek became uh a close friend he said we created a bond and he said if he can do it anybody can and he said, you know, Jarek told me, I can't do it by myself. I need you to. And that is, uh, that's what's going on, I guess. Um, in terms of last year, he said, you know, I'm glad I got my feet wet. Uh, I know the, the tempo. I know the speed of the game. I'm ready. Um, he, he seemed very ready. I will say that that man seemed very ready. Um, what else did we have? He said that he feels like he's a way better football player. Um, he's grown a bunch in that regard. Um, here's some fun stuff to rebound from kind of the, the heavier things. He was asked at the very end about uh, the pair of Buffs football players who are running the 100-meter dash for the track team this spring. Uh, and by the way, I think, uh, yeah, Mark Perry took first in their first meet. Dimitri Stanley, I believe, was second. Uh, they finished one, two, and it was all the Colorado schools. I can't remember the name of the meet, but it was like CSU, UNC. So we'll see what happens when they get to like the Pac-12 stuff. But with all that going on, um, Ashad said, I'm faster than Mark. I'm faster than Dimitri. Um, and then uh, he said, D Daniel, Dimitri, Mark, me, and Nigel and Gonzo, or yeah, and Gonzo, um, those are the guys who would be competing in a race for fastest on the team. Um, Daniel Arias, Dimitri Stanley, Mark Perry, obviously Ashad Clayton, um, Nigel Bethel and Christian Gonzalez. Um, he said, uh, also another just great quote, like just threw this in at the end. And this seems like something that should be, I don't even know. Like it, it should catch on. It should be like, you know how like high school football coaches, I feel like really like to say like pain is just weakness, leaving the body, like stuff like that. I feel like, uh, when, uh, Ashad said, when you run against fast dudes, you become fast. It's like, yeah, that's like a sneaky, deep little thing there. He did uh, say, knee brace off, Jarek's the fastest. And uh, when it comes to acceleration, that's Jarek. So there you go. Um, he sees the difference with the knee brace off as well, which I was, I was going to ask him earlier, but 
again, he had so many things to say that I, I didn't want to waste a question on. Uh, is he... How fast is Jarek now? Um, from there, let's see. How much time we have? Let's uh, let's hit Makai Blackman first, and then we'll get into Carl Durrell after the break. Um, first of all, Makai was asked about Christian Gonzalez. We'd heard when we talked to Christian last week that he thought Makai had really taken him under his wing last year, um, and now they're kind of like equals in a way. And honestly, that's what Makai said too. Um, he said, you know, Christian's he's way more comfortable. Um, you wouldn't be able to tell that he's still a freshman. Um, I think he said at the time he couldn't tell. It doesn't matter. Uh, moving on, he he mentioned like I'm working in the nickel right now, and Christian has really become the leader of that room. So there's something that you should know in terms of him switching to nickel. Uh, he said later on that because there's some like early enrollees and that kind of stuff, they want to get him a chance to, to learn those positions, get him some reps. Um, that is why Makai moved into the slot. And he said, you know, it, it was his idea. He wanted to move in there, wanted to try it, try some different leverages, do that kind of thing. See the, see the offenses differently. Um, and he said, that'll help when I go back outside in the fall. So it sounds like that is still the plan. Um, uh, he was asked like whether last year gave him confidence or how much confidence it game gave him. And again, very, very good corner, very important piece of that defense that was potentially the best in the pac 12, if not top three. Um, he said the surgery year did a lot for me. He said that there was a lot to prove coming into the COVID year. And he said, as long as the, or my teammates know what I do for them, that's all that matters. When he's asked like about, you know, you didn't get any awards or anything like that. And that's the right approach. Um, he was asked about like just kind of the vibe. And he said, you can tell before we get on the field for practice, you know, the whole staff says we need to bring our own energy. And that's a lot of it on the team leaders to get everybody ready to go and be fired up. Um, there's no like waiting until segment 10 of practice when things get a little bit more real to kick it in. He said, need to be good on every, um, through every segment, no drop off on the field. And he said, basically they're starting to get it. And that's something that Carl said as well, that, you know, you're starting to see them consistently bring that. And Makai himself without like, I don't think he was there when Carl was talking. You can't tell because it would have been off camera, but uh, it did sound like he felt like there was a little bit of a difference there this year. Um, He was asked about, um, so, so there was like this video that the buffs did last week, which you should check out very good. Um, and the point is like, it's, it's former CU players basically interviewing current CU players. And so Makai Blackman was involved. Uh, he was interviewed by Chris Hudson, who was, of course, a safety with Colorado back in the 90s, uh, played in the NFL for a long time, um, All-American, all that kind of stuff. And Makai said, you know, it was cool to know that he was watching and really that, like, all of those former players are watching. And, you know, he was humble. He was open with me. And he told me what I need to do, what I need to focus on. Again, like, Makai seemed just like, he seemed to be happy that, like, Chris Hudson was paying attention to him as a football player and had advice to give him that kind of stuff. And honestly, that is really cool. Um, yeah, let's take a uh, break and then we'll get into what Carl had to say as well. First break of the week. Wow. Love Monday. Um, 
DMVR, for those who don't know, isn't just uh, a podcast about the CU football team. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff. Uh, there's there's written content at thedmvr.com. There's like a bar where you can get big beers instead of small beers if you're a member. A um, whole bunch of really cool stuff. And right now, if you are not a member, this is a very, very good time to become a member. Um, there's this deal that we have uh, basically a partnership with holistic wellness and that's a cbd company so what they do is basically create a whole bunch of different cbd products that can help in a bunch of different ways because of our partnership uh you get two things first of all if you become a member not only do you receive a free shirt from the dmvr locker you also get a recover holistic stick from holistic wellness okay we're gonna pause right here because i just realized that my uh so i use this app during these calls, uh, these zoom calls to record, um, basically the audio and that transcribes it for me. I just realized that it has been recording this whole time and it's going to take forever to process. And for me to be able to use those quotes to write, um, because it's just going to be like half a podcast as well. I guess it doesn't really matter back to this. Um, again, you get the shirt, from the DMVR locker, you also get a recover holistic stick from holistic wellness. Um, what's that you ask? Well, it's a, it's a stick that has 10 milligrams of CBD in it and it's focused on recovery. The way it works is you pop the top, you just pour it in your drink and you stir it up and you drink it. Um, and they work really well. Again, this is like a recovery one. They have some there for sleep, for stress, for beauty, for digestion, just awesome products that you should check out, which you can for free if you become a member. Also, if you go to holisticwellness.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com, uh, you can get 30% off your first purchase when you use the code DMVR30. Um, again, you get you can also just get the annual membership, a free DMVR shirt, and a holistic stick to try. You also get a coupon with it. It's an awesome deal. Um, a bunch of really cool stuff. Breckenridge Brewery is one of our longest tenured partners it's kind of crazy because i remember when they were new and like a big deal like a couple years ago and now they're just so important to everything that we do here um they have awesome beers they have awesome seltzers um the let's see the broncos country hoppy pale ale um that is a good beer that you guys should definitely try along with all the other beers like the strawberry sky uh with the avalanche a whole bunch of good stuff and you can also go down to the farmhouse in littleton which is on the breckenridge brewery campus uh you can obviously try all the beers there but they also have really really good food um so make sure you get down there and check that out they also uh do curbside pickup so maybe check that out as well um one more real quick basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs while some teams are locks to make the playoffs others are still fighting for the opportunity to chase the trophy this summer DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in free bets uh that's 101 odds it's a it's a steal um here's the way it works you pick any basketball team to win their next game and if during that game the team of your choosing hits a three you bring home 100 dollars in free bets 
Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, into what Carl Durrell had to say. So, um, he said that he really just wants to have two more practices like this one, um, to close out the week and he'll be happy. Uh, that's what you want to hear. You remember last Monday, according to Carl was the first bad practice of camp. Um, he felt like guys didn't have energy. They weren't really ready to go. Uh, the two days off the weekend kind of killed him. Different this week. Good to hear. Um, so what? I think that's been one bad practice. I, I, I think the scrimmage would probably count in Carl's mind as a bad practice. So two out of what? This is the third week. So that'll be nine. Solid ratio. Um, Carl was asked about the tight ends. He said, we have, I've never had 12 tight ends before. Um, and he said that today was the first time that Brady Russell practiced more than the individual drills, uh, which means that I can say something that I wanted to say on Friday. Cause I wasn't sure what we knew or what I, so the way that works is obviously there's like some things when you go into the facilities, you are not allowed to say one of the things is like just injuries you notice. And so I wasn't totally sure if, that is something that we had on record or not. Now it is absolutely on record. And so I can say Brady was not out there on Friday during the scrimmage. And actually that's not true. He wasn't playing. He was on the sideline. And when I was talking about the hair, his hair versus uh, John Van Deest hair uh, on Friday's podcast, I, I wanted to say that Brady Russell's hair looked better on Friday, but I couldn't say because he wasn't actually doing anything and wasn't wearing a helmet. Meanwhile, we saw John Van Deest with the helmet on. So if anybody was confused by how I was talking about that, that is what was on my mind. And I'm happy I can get it off my mind now. Um, wow. What a weird tangent that was. Uh, Brady's. Oh, oh, Carl said that you could tell that Brady's presence was felt on the field. Um, and then he said, you know, there's been a lot of young guys. He brought up, uh, Caleb Fourier, uh, Garrick Olson, Alec Pell is guys who stuck out today. And he said, we have a, a bunch of different types of players, but he does really like that group. Um, and he's excited to see how it kind of pieces together. He added that he doesn't think that they can carry 12 tight ends into fall camp because there's the 120 man roster limit. Can't be 10% tight ends. I mean, I think you probably could get away with it, but we'll trust Carl's experience here. Um, he said he didn't know what exactly that number would be, but there's uh, something to pay attention to. So, like I said, we were supposed to talk to Brendan Rice today, but they send the schedule out before camp with who you're talking to each day. Brendan hasn't practiced yet in camp. Um, and so that's why we had a shot today because obviously there isn't too much for Brendan to say. Um, but... We didn't realize that at the time. And so Carl was asked about Brendan. And what Carl had to say was he needs to get back practicing and playing. Um, he dislocated his finger before the practices. Um, he got into COVID. Uh, and now he's just getting through the COVID protocols. He still can't practice, but he can watch. And, you know, he said, if he doesn't start practicing this week, 
then he just kind of paused. He's like, he's behind. <laughs> he said uh, he probably will get about two weeks of camp. Um, and he said, you know, we don't know who the starting X is, who the starting Z is. Um, and so I guess what we learned from there is that we do know who the starting slot receiver is, and that's Dimitri Stanley. So maybe he tipped that off. But um, not like glowing reviews for Brendan Rice. At the same time, if you aren't on the practice field, there isn't much you can say that's too positive. Uh, so there's something to pay attention to. Again, we know the talent. Uh, just need to put that to use. Hopefully he's able to get on the practice field here soon. Um. Oh, yeah, there was the video last week he talked about as well. He said that a lot of the former players who came on, um, you know, they're from the golden era. And as Carl said, you know, that was his era at Colorado, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, I don't think he was there in the early nineties, but you know, those were still the golden years. And he said, you know, we want them back around and there's a lot that the current team can learn from the former players. Um, and one of those things is when you have more success, there's more accountability that's needed. And there's expectations that rise for everybody, players, coaches, everybody. And he really wanted that to sink in with the young guys. And again, that goes along with what we've been hearing about how every practice needs to be right and all that kind of stuff. Um, and really that needs to be the mindset that nobody wants to be the weak link. Um, and he said that he thinks doing that whole process was good. He said helpful in instilling that mindset. Um, we talked about the Ashad Clayton stuff. Again, the, the overwhelming point from Carl though, He's grown a lot. He's been through a lot. Um, and he's happy with what he's seen. Um, I don't... I thought I took another note. Oh, it's it's a later on question. This will be fun. One more note before we get into a little bit more on a shod. Um, again, talked about the practice. Said we passed the test coming off two days off this time. Everybody's locked in. Um, we executed some things that we installed today to perfection. There won't be a lot of teams that can get us this year. If we carry that through the season, um, they're seeing it. The light bulb is a little bit bigger. Uh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I, I really like that he says there, there won't be a lot of teams that can get us if we carry that through the season. Cause honestly, they're right. They're, they're definitely right. I mean, we saw how good the football team was. We saw how good the defense was last year. I mean, again, people will, if, if things go poorly this year. They'll say it was a fluke. It wasn't really a fluke though. That was a good football team and it's still a good football team. And if they really are getting better practices in, and I totally believe Carl when he says that this is a change, um, because there's just a way that successful programs work and there's a way that unsuccessful programs work. And for the most part, for the last 15 years or whatever, Colorado has been an unsuccessful program. That culture probably does need to change. And the fact that so many people have said it, including Makai Blackman today, that they've seen that culture shift. That's enough for me to buy in, especially in the off season. Um, one last note, one last note. And it's on the final question that Carl Durrell heard today. And that was, uh, you know, the early, any like early breakout player candidates. Carl said, I would expect a shot is going to be, oh, this is actually a line from later. He did say a shot first. Um, 
Oh, no, maybe that was the first thing he said was, I, I would expect a shot is going to be a big part of what we're doing. Um, he talked about Fontenot being back and very good, and Jarek, um, he said, you know, he's a young guy, but it's a very good group. He said a shot is going to surprise some people. Um, again, he said some other things about how that, that Broussard, Fontenot, Clayton group is just really, really good and really deep, and there's a lot of things you can do. You know, a lot of teams... If they lose a running back, again, knock on wood, hopefully everybody's fully healthy all season, but that's that's a big problem. I mean, you think back to, you know, like UCLA last year, if they lose Demetric Felton, you know, Jermar Jefferson, we saw what that did to Oregon State the season they didn't have him, or half a season, I guess, they didn't have him. Um, Colorado, I mean, that is the value of depth. I don't think that needs to be, like, explained to anybody, but it is it is very nice to have especially at that position and there's going to be plenty of opportunities for three guys the more i think about it you know you don't want to give jarek 30 touches a game i mean there you don't you don't really not want to like there's definitely a part of you that thinks like oh if we just gave the ball to jarek every single play good things would happen and i totally agree with that but just because you don't want him to take that beating you don't want to risk him not being able to play in the next game whatever I uh, I feel really good about this group. And having heard from Ashad, having heard what Carl has to say about Ashad, um, I, I think that we can be pretty confident that right now this is just kind of a three-headed monster back there. And I do think there's enough touches. Again, I mean, this you're excited about Brendan Lewis. If Sam comes back, you're excited about him. JT Shrout, you're excited about him. Um, these receivers, Brendan, Dimitri, Levante, you have Brady Russell at tight end, who's really exciting. So many weapons in the passing game. But if you can just run the ball, <laughs> that is what you want to do. There's no risk. If, if you can just consistently grind out four or five yards every single play, you're, you're going to be able to win a lot of football games. And to me, if, if I were a, an offensive coordinator, football coach, the first thing I would do is just see if you can run on somebody. And if you can run on them, that's what you do all game. Because sure, they'll, they might load the box and all that kind of stuff. And in that case, you know, that's when you start to like take advantage of the weaknesses. But you create those weaknesses by running the ball. And that's something that they should absolutely be able to do this season again there's there's one hole that needs to be filled on the offensive line but if you fill that one hole well there you go you've got your run game back from last year which was potentially the best in the conference right up there um yeah uh big takeaways from today before we get out of here just great to hear from Ashad clayton excited to hear from him again um and in a weird way, like I'm, I'm proud of him for what he's gone through after having that conversation. Um, just cool stuff, uh, reason to be excited about the future. And yeah, I, I think that that really was the big takeaway. Um, that's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow. Not really sure actually what we're going to talk about, but I'm sure there'll be something. And yeah, that's, uh, that's all I have to say. So I'll see you then. Swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, might not swear I think they like my Colorado
shit 180. 